Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team Hi, it's season 4, episode 19 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, Happy New Year to all of our listeners Joining me this week for our first pod of 2018, John Steggles from Merchester. Happy New Year, everyone. And Aaron Wolf from Boston. A very happy New Year. Right, um, it, it's gone just gone quarter past six UK time, Sunday the 7th of January. Um, we've beaten AFC Wimbledon in the FA Cup. Um, we're three to the fourth round. Um, Pochettino has fielded a fairly strong side, starting Harry Kane. Um, who says Pochettino doesn't take the cup seriously, John? No, well, there was always the danger after the the, the rapid succession of games that we'd have that he'd put maybe a, 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 a much weakened team out because of rotation. And I think this gave us give it gave us an indication that he is taking it seriously. If he'd have put, I think if he'd have put out a, a weakened side, you could argue that he's not really interested in it. But today showed that he, you know, he does what he does want to run in it. So he, I'm quite quite glad of the team they put out today. Really, Aaron. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna just gonna. Um... So um, it's an added bonus as well today, not only us winning and progressing through to the next round, but also even more sweets with um, Woolwich losing to Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I mean, that is... The FA Cup is at its best when there's giant killings, right? And um, it's too bad that um, Arsenal weren't able to kill a giant like Nottingham Forest, but um, we'll take that result all the same. That's a little joke about them being a small club. If, if you didn't catch it, <laughs> um, it's, it's actually poetic that we've got you on, Aaron, because um, you've, you've, we've mentioned this before in previous podcasts. You, you've got your own pod, um, first time, long time, um, which is a great podcast, and please give it a listen. Um, and one of the episodes you did earlier earlier this season, uh, earlier this year, um, I think August time it, it was it was out. Um, you you did an episode all about AFC Wimbledon and yeah, and how that club ro- rose from the ashes of of the old Wimbledon that's now defunct and 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 and, and MK Dons. Was it particularly sweet? Was there a, for you watching today's game? Was there a I don't know, uh, emotional attachment. Yeah, you know, I, I spent a lot of time talking to Jane Lonsdale from the um, Don's Trust and interviewed her for about two hours just hearing their story and hearing their um, their battling back from, you know, I think they were they started 10 tiers below the Premier League um, when, when they reformed as AFC Wimbledon. Um, it was a little bit bittersweet. I obviously celebrated every single goal and was happy that we put them away easily um, or 
not quite as easily as maybe some had would have expected or wanted but it was bittersweet all the same um they're they're a, they're a real club and they deserve um accolades for how they went about uh returning from a terrible um a terrible example of what modern football can do to a a, a team um the franchising of MK Dons and it's just a horrible, horrible story. But there's this amazing. I said in the podcast, it's better than Cinderella. It's riches from riches to rags to riches. They they went to the bottom and they're clawing their way back up. And I was glad to see them draw us, and I was glad that we beat them. But I'm, you know, look forward to following them from from afar um, as they continue their journey towards. Hopefully, I mean, it would be amazing if they got back to the Premier League. It would be absolutely amazing. So. Uh, next step, the championship. They they're setting the targets for the next couple of years to try for a promotion to the championship. Um, I think they still have to sort of fight against re- relegation this year, and then sort of stabilize, and then um, try to progress. But it's a great club, a great story, um, and uh, all the same, glad it, we put them away. <laughs> it, 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 it's here, certainly, and and in a, in you know when you think of the modern game, there's lots of money flying about when you've got. Um, Coutinho yesterday going for ridiculous amounts of money to, to to Liverpool and the amount of money that Neymar went for in the summer and Man City buying whoever they want want to at will. It's lovely that there is still room for that romantic notion of of a club yeah. just just working. For, you know, it, it was said often of the old Wimbledon, the original Wimbledon, that that there would that would never happen, that it wouldn't be possible ever ever for a club to do that. And uh, AFC Wimbledon are, are proving that, that actually that, that is poss- possible. Um, I'm mindful that both of you. Um, I was at the game today. It was bloody cold, right? It was freezing. Um, I know I always have a whinge about something if it's not catering. It's it's the weather, but you know that's <laughs> that's just one of those British traits. Um, but I'm mindful that the, the perhaps um, there was talk a lot that they're not being streams, not being televised anywhere, or, or very few streams available. Um, and and uh, and I think you have some access to it, both of you, and you listen to it on the radio. So one of the things that came across, two, two things I don't know if, if that came across when you were watching or listening at home. One was the Wimbledon fans, amazing. They were at, out there in numbers, um, very vocal, provided a great a- a- atmosphere. So again, credit to them. But also the reception they gave Deli Ali, um, I couldn't figure yeah. out at first because yep. they, were, they were booing him. And and, and the, my first reaction was because normally you sort of think, oh, it's because he's if there's some previous with that club, or because he's he's um, you know committed a, a foul or dives for a penalty or perceived to have as such. But he was, he'd only been on the field for a few minutes, so I, I don't know that that doesn't ah. Of course, it's all to do with the fact that he was an MK Dons player, um, and uh, yeah. That the, yeah. he, he got a lot of stick. I think you got it right with the first thing. This previous with his with his previous club, mm. um, definitely. But yeah, they would. They, uh, you know, they will boo him and they'll boo anything like that. It's nice to see as well. They've been, they have permission to redevelop Plough Lane as well and build another stadium yeah. back up their, their home ground. So, you know, I, I hope you know it's a, it's a nice Phoenix and the Flame story, really. So hopefully they can go on from strength to strength. Um, and and by the way, it's not a story that's over for them. It, <clears throat> with the, the redevelopment of Plow Lane, but it's also happening with Leighton Orient. Is this very similar yeah. situation going on? Yeah. It's um, in this era where you know we're incredibly lucky 
to have a club that's being managed by people who care about the club, who that that's being you know that's watching out for the club financially and also sort of spiritually, making sure that we stayed close to our spiritual home and um, the new stadium being built right next door to our old stadium. It, there's a lot of pressure is being exerted on other clubs, and and it's not working out for a lot of, of other of the smaller fish in this league um, or in this uh, you know in the football association and. Um, if we care about football, and I, and I think all of our listeners do, it's important to also care about these teams that are trying to do it the right way, the same way that we've tried to do it the right way, um, and and for our support to them both emotionally and financially, if we can afford it. Um, I, the you know when Jabby brought up the numbers, uh, AFC Wimbledon was started with fifty thousand pounds by its by its um, by its club members. Um, in comparison to what it was it for Coutinho, one hundred and forty-five yeah. million pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the disparity. They're in League One. Kudos to them, you know. And uh, it's it's amazing story. Um, just looking at, at, at the lineup, he, he, Pochettino fielded a, a much stronger lineup than I expected. I didn't expect him to start Harry, Harry Kane. Um, I mean, when the when the armor, I think it was good 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 opportunity for when the armor to start a game. He had a few cameo appearances in, in the middle of, middle of the week. Um, but you know, anyone who says he, he doesn't take the competition seriously, well, you know, I think that was a it was a good performance. It was a convincing performance. We were probably stronger in the second half. Um, obviously, we we got the goals that, that mattered, and I think when when we did, we stepped up a gear, and that really does make a big d- difference, I think, to us this season, particularly at Wembley. It's and I think, and we'll talk about West Ham in a minute, but I think when we don't get those early goals in these matches, particularly at Wem- Wem- Wembley, it just seems to psychologically just becomes more and more difficult for us to break teams down, and it gives teams confidence. I think the difference here was Wimbledon are two divisions below us, so eventually. Um, you know the cream is cream is going to rise to the top, and we've got players who are fitter and stronger, um, as well as being technically um, better. But certainly, when those when those when that first goal went in, the game game opened up, and we seemed to play a lot better. Um, Foyth Foyth had a very good game. I thought decent game. Looked solid. He don't. When I've seen him in the past, he looks like a solid player. Um, can I can I ask a, a philosophical question here? Uh-huh. If if Jan scores and the match isn't televised, did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I wondered. So did, did you see? Did you see uh, the? Um, there's a couple of clips of it from, shot from the stands. It was quite a screamer, huh? It was, yeah, it was. Um, good on him, and hopefully the floodgates will open a little for him because he deserves more goals in it for his for the effort and the, the games that he has for us. Well, it is Janu- January, so Janu- Jan-, Jan scores in January. In fact, his last Gee. goal, great strike it was. I think his last goal was exactly three years ago in January against Sunderland in a 2-1 win, I believe. I think he might have also had a goal in that game as well as the one that he did score. I think he had one disallowed. Um, he scored from the halfway line, as I recall. Oh, yeah. Um, That's right. I don't think he scored since. I don't think he scored, scored since. I think he was flagged off sides, right, for in, uh, in in our own half. Yeah. And it was disallowed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah good good performance. Kane, obviously, two two goals. Delhi and Son looked bright when they came on. Um uh, Walker Peters did okay. Wanyama, good to have him back. Jan was superb. Fourth, solid. 
Um, Lamella, I thought, had a very good game. The person who was sat to my left was just going on about Lamella all game. He was There was a couple, and the guy kept talking to his partner, wife, whatever, and kept saying, you know, oh, Lamella just... He's not really good at his decision-making. His, his passing is poor, and I just... Uh, it, it really frustrates me. And I know football, the beauty of football is the fact that it's a game of opinions and we all have different op- opinions and I'm sure there are things that um, I, I disagree with with, with Aaron on and, and, and with, 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 with John and vice versa. Um, but it's quite something, I think, when you go on social media and have a rant, it's quite another when you're in a stadium and you're just complaining or constantly whinging and not get, get not getting behind the players. And this seems to be a running theme um, I've noticed this season. If it's not Winks or Sissoko one week, um, it's now Lamella. Um, and I, I thought he had a very good game. I, you know, not being able to see, it's hard to know. But the, I mean, I, I watched on Periscope, thanks to a very gracious uh, uh, Wimbledon fan who had a superhuman iPhone battery strength, which was just like going for almost the entire game. But but for the most part, it was um, all the action was on the other end, and I and I couldn't see the the subtleties of Lamella's performance. But from what I heard on the commentary. Uh, that he had a good game and that he was cre- creating chances and um, looking for uh, t- passes to unlock the defense. He's a kind of player that I think um, is an easy target. He doesn't score much. He uh, tries creative passes that are going to fail. They're, high per- they're low percentage passes or low percentage plays, but we need that kind of thing, and especially when um, teams are sitting back against us. We need somebody to be taking risky, making risky passes and trying things, and they're going to fail more times than they're not going to fail, and when they don't fail, they're going to be spectacular. Um, we see, we saw that earlier in the season with Delhi. Um, we're seeing it now with um, Lamella, and it's a little bit frustrating. He hasn't quite, I don't feel like he's fully fit, but I also feel like he hasn't quite uh, slotted into the rhythm of the team, his he's throwing up his arms in frustration a lot more than he has done in the past. But um, you know, right? Whether it's Winks, Sissoko, or Lamella, there's going to be someone that that um, that our fan base picks up, picks on, and right now it's him. Um, I, you know, it's a it's frustrating. It's frustrating when teams sit back. Mm-hmm. That's what it's. That's why they do it. Um, and I don't. You know, I have nothing much more to say about that. Um, just moving on, but, but before we talk about the, the, the league matches, um, is there anybody that either of you fancy in the next round? I mean, there's, there's unfortunately quite a lot of either ors at the moment because a few of the games have gone to replace um, Premier League team and a lesser well, team. I'd take, I'd take Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, one, one of my good friends is a Forest fan, and I, I, I texted him after the match that I didn't text you during the game in case I jinxed it. And Arsenal made a comeback, but um, when we played them in the was it the um, Carling Cup or whatever it was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when Sadado got the penalty, I went down with him and uh, watched it down there, and he was with the Forest fans, and he said he wants revenge for seeing Soldado score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, do you know what I would like easy teams because um, Woolwich have just gone out um, the last two years that they've had a lot of easy easy teams and they've gone gone on gone on and won it and I know we've given them stick but frankly um, 
I don't care. I'd quite happily just have easy tyres all the way until the latter stages when it gets a, it'll get, inevitably get a bit tougher because they'll be the... especially considering the Champions League coming yeah, back and, uh, and not having a, a an easy opponent in the Champions League. And 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 why not? It's the luck of the draw. And if we do get drawn against easy teams, so be it. That's that's gonna you know that's the way the cookie crumbles. And if we get drawn against a difficult team, that's equally the way the cookie crumbles. But I'd, I'd be quite happy to just you know. We, we, we had a good run in last year up until Chelsea, um, and I'd like a similar sort of thing. Um, Forest, I'd Forest, Cardiff, or Wolves, or Swansea, or the Sheffield clubs. Um, if we get drawn against any of those away from home, it would be I'd like that um, only purely for selfish reasons um, because they're grounds I'd like to go to. Um, failing that, <laughs> do you know what? If we just get drawn against easy teams at Wembley and we have every match all the way through to the final um, at Wembley, that would be that would be good. Just to rub it into everybody's face because people will then say, oh, well, Spurs had an advantage, but so what? Who, who cares? Um, I mean, it, it's one of those things, cup runs are completely based on luck, right? Teams that win the cups, they get a lucky run and then, if, and then they get lucky in the final. I mean, football is a game where the margins are incredibly thin as much as we think that there's you know as much as we see teams like city blowing away the opposition and as much as we like to think that we are way more dominant than another another team ultimately we're creating razor thin margins more frequently than another team and that's that's luck in the course of one game any team can win and and a cup run is ultimately just that it's a series of coin flips with the tiny bit of an advantage um as opposed to this the premier league season where you know you you're accumulating points you're it, it evens out over the long run a little bit more and so absolutely if we if we win it will be because of it will be because of luck and why not hope for a little bit of that luck to be our way on the other hand in the champions league i i prefer the more the more glamour ties as it's this that is the ultimate goal the ultimate goal is to get into this yeah. into europe and to play those 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 teams um and i love the fact that we drew against um juventus and 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 that that's what we have to look forward to that's fantastic and the fa cup you know bring on bring on the weaklings let's let's progress and yes there is an element of luck with with cup, cup competitions but you've, you've also got to capitalize on that and yeah so yeah. we yeah. um Okay, let's let's move on. Um, two league matches in the middle of the week. Um, let's start off with Swansea. Um, it was wet. It was cold. Um, I went up to Swansea. I wish I dri- I wish I'd driven up because um, the distance from the hotel to um, the ground isn't that far. Um, I don't know. It's a twenty thirty minute walk, and it's a pleasant walk. And I've done it done it before. Um, uh, that's fine. Uh, that's not a problem. But it was just really, really, really raining. Um, you would have seen that on the, on the pictures, and it was very windy. It was horrible. So we couldn't walk, and we waited something like fifty minutes for a taxi just to get there. And then on the way back, um, yeah, it was an equally long wait in the cold. But hey ho, we 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 got we 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 got the results. We we won the match under d- difficult con- conditions, which I think. It, I'm not going to make excuses and say that the conditions affected our performance. I think the conditions affected the game as a spectacle and made it difficult for both teams. But in the end, we we did our we we did what we had to do, and and it was a it was a comprehensive victory. 
one of my bugbears in football is people say, oh, the pitch affected our game or whatever. It affects both teams because both teams have to play in the, the same conditions, with the same pitch, with the same ball and the same referee. So there is a balance there. But um, I, I'll admit to only seeing the, the minuscule highlights that on match of the day because I was at the Panto. Um, so I was watching Brian Connolly and got one in Cinderella. So I didn't see very much. <laughs> So, um, uh, uh, just just to explain um, to listeners and possibly Aaron, a, 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 a panto or a pantomime is it, it, that's a is that that's only a British thing or is that something that, that that you have in America? We don't have it in. I know what it is, but we don't have it in the states. Okay, John, for for the benefit of some of our listeners that are overseas and, and perhaps not familiar with a with a pantomime, what, what's a pantomime or panto? Um, it's uh, an overly funny and produced theatrical performance where they send up a, a well-known um, fable or kid story or something like that and they, they get stars in and everybody does a turn it's full of sexual innuendo that goes over the kids heads and the mums and dads have a laugh there's full of little jokes for their kids Every, you know it's, there's a tradition of um, uh, men dressing up as women and being the panto dames and stuff it it, it was very funny I, I enjoyed it and I, I literally I walked it finished it started at 7 o'clock it finished I put on my phone and went oh we've won 2-0 and, and, and that, that was literally how I found out the score and it, you know it, it was it was very very good very good indeed I'm going to con- confess because it, it probably reflects how, the, the, how long it's been that since I've been to a uh, a panto. Um, I wasn't aware of the sexual innuendo. Uh, does it really have? Does it really have innuendo? Yeah, loads and loads of it. it ours was Brian Connolly and Gok One, and they they were constantly referring to um, a, a balls in bags and th- and lo- another little bits and and squeaky holes and mm, things like okay. this. And the, the, you know, it, you could see all the par- the kids were like looking at the mums and dads, and the mums and dads were just laughing and giggling to themselves. Um, there's pl- there's plenty of it. Sir, go go to one. I think I have. I think to... I haven't been been to one in about thirty years. I think I was must have been I don't know seven or something. The last time I seven yeah something like seven years old. So uh, yeah. Well, we we go every year um, to the one in Milton Keynes, and we Caroline uh, is taking Hannah to one with uh, with my daughter soon as well. But yeah, no, they're good. They're good. They're good fun. They are good fun. And the yeah. um. Um, I, I, the, the, the what's the um, what I do remember from from Panto is the um, the catchphrase about the, 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 well you've, you've got Panto villains haven't you and then you've got yeah that, that, uh, uh, they, they they appear behind you and the crowd goes he's behind you and, and oh no he isn't and oh yes he is and there's a lots of crowd involvement they get people on the stage singing and stuff it's a lot of slapstick and you know water pistols shooting at the crowd and stuff like that it's it's all it's all very good. Yeah, if 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 you're not in England, it's not going to mean a great deal to you. To be honest with you, we'll talk um, about our own or perhaps your panto villain in a minute. Oh, but, but, but yes. let's 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 just bring it back to to Swansea and and the game. Um, uh, the the first goal, all I kept hearing because I, I was at the other end of the pitch, and I and I had a text from a couple of people afterwards saying that Lorente was offside and all I heard on match of the day afterwards was the fact that Lorente was on offside yes he fucking well was 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 offside we know that but hey ho that happens that shit happens in football you know um I don't recall many Swansea players complaining at the time did they no 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 it was a good no, fin- they, they, good finish it, it was uh, it was uh, but I'll take those 
every day of the week if it's a little bit offside and it goes in. You know, we just talked about luck, and you take your luck where we get it. And how many times have we been against those sort of decisions and we complain about it? Well, um, we're, you know. we're still owed about 15 offside goals from the um, the, the goal that went over the line and uh, Old Trafford and wasn't given. Yeah. The Pedro Mendes shot. The other, the other talking point from the game was the Sanchez um, sending off that wasn't a sending off. Sorry, or the the sending off that didn't happen. If that makes was sense. Was that where he slid in? Yeah, he slid in, and I think he was already already on a yellow, and he he was very lucky to escape. I, I yeah. Think, yeah, his first yellow was very soft. I thought, and I think that may have been a bit of a lipstick call, you know, a makeup call, where it was probably not a yellow the first time, so he didn't give a second. That's my guess. It was a pretty bad, pretty bad challenge, but but he didn't deserve to be off. No, I'll agree with that. Uh, I, I think it was a uh, the, the ref probably realising they shouldn't have booked him earlier on. But again, it's uh, the pundits and people trying to make um, mountains out of molehills of refereeing decisions, and you know, uh, and get because there's a, a, a general consensus that the refereeing standards are quite poor at the moment, especially with uh, the 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 uh, comments that certain French managers have said recently. So you know, they're trying to they're trying to pick up any fault or anything that they do wrong. The, um, the 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 match was capped off at the end with a a fine pass from Harry Kane. He came off the bench and and put Deli Ali through to to get the second. Um, yeah, when Kane picked the ball up, I mean, his everything that he does, his movement, is complete contrast to Lorente, who's who's very static, um, and you know, he just picks up the ball, turns, runs at defenders, and then just picks out a beautiful pass. It was just. I don't know, exquisite. It was just a beautiful pass. In my life, I don't think I have ever seen a more complete player, and I'm not sure I ever will. He's, it's his assists are spectacular. His goals are run the gamut from spectacular to scrappy to everything. I mean, he's just he's just so good. We we say it basically every week, but uh, we're extraordinarily lucky to have him. That was a beautiful, inch-perfect pass, and it was a great finish from from Delhi, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good, good reactions um, when they keep it parried. Um, that victory, and obviously the previous two victories, Southampton and Burnley, um, we we picked up maximum points up until that point, and a lot of the teams around us dropped points and. To some degree, we will. We obviously have capitalised on that and, and cut the lead that United had had over us and, and various others. Um, we're still sitting in fifth, and then um, we could have cut it further. Still, had we beaten West Ham, which brings us on to Thursday and the disappointing one-all draw. Um, so, like today, um, AFC Wimbledon realised that the, the way to play effectively against us at Wembley is to use a blueprint that smaller clubs have done in the past, like West Ham did on Thursday, and just sit behind the ball. Um, to play that game 48 hours after the one before, uh, uh, and then we had 31 shots, two possible pens, and they had a back five, two de- defensive midfielders. I think we were unlucky, really. Every bounce and break in that box went against us. It, it, it was so frustrating. They were so deep in their half. The team were on the Jubilee line. They were. It was it, the only one team wanted to win it for me, and it was us. It was. It's incredibly hard down to oh. to break down two banks of five on the pitch, um, and 
the commentators from the start were calling it shoot from distance and to you know both goals were from distance in the end but yeah they there's got there's got to be another way to break down these teams there has to be well, you know, it's really interesting. That Jonathan Wilson had a piece in the Guardian. Did you see that the uh, the radical non possession um, that clubs are resorting to? Um, and you see it all throughout the league. I mean, Newcastle almost nicked it against City uh, earlier in the festive period, and um, uh, it was Palace was able to draw. You know, they, it is an, it's really effective. It's really hard, and it's not just us that struggles against us against it. Um, I think, I think, to my eyes, um, we, we were probably a little bit tired. I mean, understandably tired after the um, the short turnaround, but also the wet pitch on on uh, on Tuesday. I think, I think you have to kind of look at some of Kane's first touches and see like this, those legs were tired, and um, even though he only played a little bit, he, he was going getting over the flu. Other players were a little bit heavy touches. Those are always down to, to tired legs. I feel like, like you said, it's it came down to luck um, and frust- frustration. Um, and Jav, you brought something up earlier about teams that it, it, teams have sort of worked out that, uh, or rather, it seems as though if we don't score early, it becomes something mental for us that we can't score at all. I actually think it's the opposite. I think the longer a defense can hold us off, the less pressure they're under. They can now sit even further back because all they have to do is nick one at the very, very last minute. And it becomes increasingly harder. Um, They have to withstand that early onslaught. If they can get to the 30 minute mark, then it's just 15 more minutes before the half. And then if they can do it again in the second half, they they don't have to they don't literally have to touch the ball until the last five minutes of the game, um, to try to to try to uh, to win all three points. So it's less of I think less about our mental um, abilities and more about just the effectiveness of completely seeding possession, putting ten men behind the ball and just waiting out the clock. Um, and I'm not sure there is. I really am not sure there is a counter to that. City has had to resort to having basically one defensive player in front of goal um, to try to break down a, a team. And, and, and even then, it's not always easy for them. I think that the... Yeah, they, they came and part of the bus. But actually, I think as, as teams that come to Wembley and, and part of the bus, they weren't the best at doing it, really. I don't think they... I think there were there were I think there were gaps in 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 that uh, in their uh, in their defensive line, and I don't think they were particularly great. Um, and I think also we've struggled against some of some other teams at Wembley, um, West Brom, for instance, Swansea, um, even Bournemouth and Palace games that we won. I didn't think we were too bad initially in 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 the first half I thought that it was we started off okay I thought there was some good movement um, but and we had a few chances early on yeah. I've seen us uh, play yeah. worse I've seen us play worse yeah yeah. it's not easy when you you need to get the defences quickly before they get settled in and all out of position um, there's too much into passing around the box and slow build up play and Maybe from what Aaron's just said is, you know, the negative possession is just let the other team have it then. Mm. Let them come on to us 
and then and then we attack and we we're the ones that sit back because we can defend really well and we're really good at defending um so let let you know just give them the ball just two feet up the park let let them have the ball and let them come at us and then hit them on the break maybe that's the way we need to do it i mean last uh last wednesday city had at by the half they had 83 possession 83% possession of the ball against newcastle and at the end if you i don't know if you watched the game at the end it looked like Newcastle could win it. It's it, they, there's, it's not just us. It's really, really effective. And I don't think, I think you know, City had chances. Um, but you know, for the most part, once you're when you're facing defenses, even if porous defenses, I agree with you, Jeff. They, they, they there were holes. We could have exploited some of those holes. We tried to exploit those holes. I think tired legs resulted in us our inability to exploit those holes. But even so, it's. I've said it before on this pod. It is it's a strategy that's employed because it's extremely effective, and um, I'm not I'm honestly not sure there is a there anyone has figured out the counter to it. Um, and if they did, they'd be very very uh, successful manager. One of the issues I had on Thursday was were the late substitutions made by Posh. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I'd have changed it after five minutes. You do not need to sit with two deep-sitting midfielders against that team when you need creativity. Lamella should have been on a lot, lot sooner. It was crying out at half-time. I can't believe he didn't make the change sooner. Um, It's a worrying trait of his that he leaves substitution so late. So, so late. Um, Yeah, I mean, today he brought on um, Son on the 59th minute. Um, but I, yeah, I, t- I take your point. Generally, he he does he do, he does have a tendency to leave substitutions l- later on, and and I think I, re- I read a stat somewhere saying that this season, all the substitutions that he, he has made, they, they've um, hardly sort of paid any dividends um, compared to other managers. The, the the impact those subs have 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 had. Well, um, is that I'm, about his subbing, or is that about our bench? It, well, it might be. It might be that we just don't have the options available. And now we do, to some degree. Now, we, with all these players coming back, Toby's the only one, really, that's that's, that's still injured. But he, he should be available February. I even read some of it. He might be available before then. You know, Once we've got a full squad, suddenly you're going to have a situation where somebody like Lamella might be on the bench or, or Sun. Or, and you've, then you've got a few more options. So I think some of that might be that he just doesn't have perhaps the confidence in... We don't have those game changers necessarily on the bench earlier yeah. earlier in the season, and maybe he's got faith in the players that, that that are on the pitch, and faith in them to see it through, and faith in those players to change things tactically, or you know whether that's somebody maybe swapping flanks or, or um, Ericsson interchanging with 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 Delhi or, or whatever it might might be, or doing something different um, because. It doesn't necessarily follow that you make a substitution on sixty minutes or whatever with half an hour to go, and that that substitute is necessarily going to change anything. If, as you say, Aaron, we don't have those options on on, on the bench. I don't certainly early in the season. I don't think we did. I think it's, it's a bit better now. Yeah, I'm not sure we have them. I mean, I think I think you know we look at either Lamella starts and Sun's coming off the bench, or Sun's starting and Lamella's coming off the bench. Sissoko on occasion comes off of the bench. But, don't put him on. But what's that? Don't put him on first. Don't, just, <laughs> don't bother with him. 
Right, but ultimately for Impact, right, we have Sissoko, uh, Inkudu, Sun, or Lamella, depending on who's starting. Sun and Lamella are both players that need to grow into the game. Both of them perform better, I think, when they start the game than when they when they come into Impact. Sissoko, you know, we can go on all night. People have different opinions about it, but he's also a player that I think is a little bit more effective when he started the game than when he's coming on. And, and Kudu, uh, it's like, you know, roll the dice, right? Like, who the fuck knows who shows up when he plays? So we, we have options for different lineups in terms of starters, but I don't think we have impact players right now. Uh, certainly not not impact players for um, changing the attack. We have impact for absorbing more pressure or for closing out a game. Um, we've seen that before, whether it's Harry Winks or, or uh, you know, changing the shape and having um, Dyer drop back and, and Wanyama come in or whatever. But the Imp- offensive impact players, I, I, I don't see it right now. Mm. And I think Poch also, uh, I think there's a little bit of that and a little bit of this sort of absolute regimented philosophy. He barely ever makes a substitution before 60, 60th minute, um, for better or for worse. Probably mostly for better, right? We've had a great record under him. Yeah. Um, John, you mentioned Sissoko. Um I'm refusing to say his name. I mean, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going uh, to call him Schmedrick from now on. I'm not going to mention his name. I've had enough of him. So the aforementioned player, um, I thought we did okay today. Um, yeah. And and on Thursday, contrary to a lot of the, he got pelters on social media. And but I thought that early on in the, in the first, I thought first half we actually played better first half than second half. And I thought first half. I was looking at him and Uria and a few players, and I thought hey, he's doing well. He's 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 demanding the ball. He's moving around. There's a lot of good movement. Um, he's, so he's playing football. He's putting in effort. He's putting in. If I contrast Soko to last season, last season he really looked like a square peg in a round hole. Or he looked like if you, if if our team is a glove, he looked like a finger. That didn't fit on one of one of one of the gloves. He just just looked completely out of place, right? And it, it also that, he's more like a you're trying to force a foot into a <laughs> And he and in each he had this sort of I don't know attitude where he just sort of strolled around the pitch. He didn't put any effort. I think this season he is genuinely trying. He's genuinely putting in effort and working hard. Whether he's technically a good footballer. Um, I know we've had we had Jess a few weeks ago on the p- podcast, and he he's, he's always he's always defends Sissoko, and, and Jess is always of the opinion that he's got Sissoko has got fifty plus caps for France, so he mustn't you know he's, he's got to be a half decent footballer to to do that. Um, I think the, I think with Sissoko for me, I'm not going to be as harsh as you, John, but I think that ultimately he isn't as good as the rest of the players that we have. We have we've we've under Pochettino. Um, our team has evolved, it has developed. Um, there have been good players in the past, Mason, Bentelab, um, that served us well in the first season. But ultimately, we've outgrown those players, for example, Chadley as well, and we've moved on and we've, we've brought in better players. Um, and some of the players that we've had at the club, like Harry Kane, have developed and improved. And I just think that we've taken... And if you go back further still, if you compare... the. the Pochettino era to the AVB era and to the Harry, Harry Redknapp era and to the Martignol era the club has moved on and we have got 
the bar has been raised. It's been set by the likes of Kane, Delhi, um, uh, Fitz Musa Dembele, um, uh, Son, Ericsson. And Sissoko isn't at that level. Technically, and from a skill point of view, I know he might have other, other attributes and, and, and so forth, but I don't think he is at that level. He might well have been a player that could have fitted in into a Tottenham team in the past um, when we had less, lesser players um, in the team or in the squad, but I don't think he's he's off that level. That's that's the thing. And if a, if a bid, if, an, if an offer comes from him in the in, in the summer, um, I won't lament his loss. If an offer comes in from him, I'll start the car and I'll drive him. <laughs> uh, well, I've got news for you. I'll be very surprised if it comes any, any offers come for him in the in the January window. Against West, uh, there was at least two occasions where he was challenging our own players for the ball in the first half. The ball was there was a high ball coming down, and he was there trying with one of our own team trying to get the ball under control. And I'm thinking, just leave it. And there was a couple of he literally put at one point passed the ball straight out of play. Um, I, I struggled to remember a more inept footballer, regardless of what any team really. Uh, he, Lamel is far better at the high press uh, and his work weight. Um, I, I think it possibly it's down. You might have a point about it's down to the tactics and the way he's played. We've played him more wide attacking role, and he doesn't have the skills to do it. He has the pace and strength, but hasn't got any twinkle toes. He tries to go past a player using raw strength, the same as Dembele may well do, and then he just loses the ball. I think his strengths may lie as a box box midfielder, um, not so much as a, a, a winger or a deep lying playmaker. Um, he, he could offer late runs into the box and get a few goals, but then we've got Delhi and Ericsson that can do that kind of thing and that are more adept at it. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's just going to be humane to take him out and shoot him in the knee. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> if, if, so is, is he the villain? In, in, in a, if Spurs were a pantomime, is he the villain? Uh, uh, yes, he is. Uh, be, I would be boo- the, the, the the tradition in the with the panto is you boo the villain every time they come on. So yeah, I would definitely be booing him every time he he came on. I, he he's such a frustrating player. He really is. I I, I just. I, I don't understand Poch's loyalty to him. I, I, I've, I've called him out from when he came into the club as, as being a horrible player. And I, 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 I just don't want to. It's a waste of a shirt. We play with 10 men oh. when he's on the pitch. Oh, I, it's, it's like, you know, I'm look, I've made my name in some ways defending the indefensible players. But I, I'm not going to defend Sissoko the way I've defended Lamella in the past. But I, I think we like... We watched a different game on occasion. I mean, he's a little bit messy. He's a little bit not the player that we need, and he's a little bit not the player that we wanted when we signed him. But I think he puts in a shift. I think he works hard. I think when he's playing with Aurier, he's he's a lot more effective. Uh, they seem to have a nice understanding. And I th- personally, I think, listen... He's not. He's 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 useful for 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 breaking up play on occasion. He's useful for for stretching play on occasion. He's been on the end of some really good chances and he's fluffed them. But uh, you know, eventually he won't, and and then we'll all be singing a different song. I mean, I I think I, for me, Sissoko is frustrating. He's not frustrating for the same reasons. I think he's frustrating to me because. Uh, 
we probably didn't need to sign him. We probably needed somebody else. Um, in fact, I know that we needed somebody else. We've, we, for a very long time, and we've seen it this season, we've needed a replacement, a real effective replacement for Lamella when he gets injured or when he gets tired. So Soko's not quite that player. Um, maybe not that player by a long shot. But he fits a lot of the Pochettino bill. He runs, he works hard, he can play two positions, not perfectly but he can be the box-to-box guy and he can also be out on the wing particularly when he's playing with Aurier Mm -hmm. where I think he does interchange well uh you know will he go eventually yes will I mourn it no but like I don't think I don't think he's the panto villain I certainly wouldn't boo him I certainly don't boo him no Uh, to be fair I wouldn't boo any Spurs player but uh, yeah I'd still I still don't I'm I'm not I'm never gonna cheer for him yeah, Very I'll tell loudly. you. I'll tell you the best thing he does. The best thing he does is he provides something for us to disagree about. Because <laughs> <laughs> too often this this part is just uh huh. I agree as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so move, moving on. Next week um, we've got Everton. Very quickly, predictions for, for that game. Um, Sissoko to score the winner. John? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. Man of the match and two two goals. Why not? Um, I, I think we could. I think we'll dispatch them. It was going to be a harder game. I don't think that they'll come and put two banks of five and be hard to break down. I think they might have a go at us. Um, so yeah, I think I think we might have a bit of a, a better time against them. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Except I think they're going to put. Uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to sit back. I think there's going to be very few teams that come. And don't sit back against us, particularly in Wembley. But I think um, with six days rest, I think um, 3-1. I think we score early and then it's just off to the races. Okay. I predict that we will win that 3-0. Harry Kane's going to score um, a couple. And I also predict Musa Sissoko will start that match. And continue to... Um, can't even say divide opinion because I think most Spurs fans tend to be on the um, tend to be the on the uh, anti, should we say, Sissoko brigade or, or I, I think critical. The, the, the pool of people that um, defended Mercedes Goodin may be getting a bit smaller. Yeah, I don't. To, to be honest, he's not the right fit for us. I think he could do a, a good job in the right role for the right team, but right now he's something of a misfit for us, and he's not working. I think that even the, the the trouble is, even when he plays well, he'll have a moment where he'll break forward and he'll bring the ball forward and he'll use pace and strength, which he wasn't really doing a great deal last season. And that might or might not end up being a ball that he then lays off to somebody else like Son, who then does something with it. But even when he has those moments, they're few and far between. And ultimately, um, it's the rest of the time that he... His passing, you know, he's, isn't great. His, te- his touch, he's technically not as good as the, the other players that we've got around. And that's what I said at the outset. I think he's he's just not off the level of Delhi and Kane and Son and Eriksen and Lamella and, and, and Winks and those sort of players. And when Yama, um, Jan Vertonghen even, I know centre-back, but you know, watching him play today he just looks so cultured and good, good on the ball. And that's where we are as a club. Um, and we need players of that 
standard or higher if, if we want to continue to progress um right we've got lots of questions to, to go through in the second half of the podcast um but before we do the spurs ladies are back in action um after a winter break um they played earlier today against brighton at chessant and here is bex with this week's spurs ladies update hi everybody it's bex just to let you know what's been happening in the world of spurs ladies it's been a long time since i've had to do a report owing to the fact that they appear to have a winter break Girls played today. They played at Chesson and a two o'clock kickoff. They played against Brighton and Hove Albion women's football team and lost one nil. Still had a lot of the possession. They just didn't manage to score. Anyway, one nil is not as bad as previous results have been. So I'm guessing they'll take that. Their final tweet for that said, "We go again." That result still means they're mid-table-ish. Again, not bad for the team that got promoted this season. Their next match isn't until the 28th of January. That again is in the league. That's against Sheffield ladies, all the way up in Sheffield, which is somewhere north of London. So I'm not entirely sure where it is. Anyway, that's a one o'clock kickoff and I'll let you know how they get on after the game. For anybody that was listening earlier this season, they would have heard my small rant about the way the FA are restructuring women's football. Um, And at the time they said that there was a requirement for teams currently who wanted to stay playing at the level that Spurs ladies are they would need to go semi-professional um, and I'm pleased to say that Spurs ladies have chosen to do that and they will be in the WSL 2 for next season at least although to be honest I think the way they're going to restructure the league it will mean the whole way of the league's reform not just um, WSL 2. So on a note slightly aside from football Eartha Pond who's one of the Spurs ladies players is a teacher in her real life job. Um, She works at the Crest Academy at Neasden where she's the assistant vice principal. She applied and is in the final for the Global Teacher Prize. So from a list of 30,000 applicants from 173 countries and she's been down selected thus far. So the next date uh, where they're going to announce anything is the shortlist of 50 and that will be announced sometime in February. That's it for me. Anybody wants to chat, I am on Twitter at Bunches Bex. Cheers, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex, um, as ever. Right, let's finish off with some questions. Um, a few questions are on, on transfers and particularly on Ross Barkley. Um, Kent Goodrich, after flirting with Barkley for over a year, Poch supposedly ended our interest today, saying we have other targets. What happened here? I don't know if we're ever interested. I think this is. I think that Chelsea have, have pulled everybody's pants down over this deal a little bit. Um, if the it, so, it bases it on the truth of was it was it did he go to a um, a medical at Chelsea and did he walk out of it? I think he he did, and I think he walked out of it after Chelsea said to him, "Look, if you wait six months, um, we know you're a bit injured." We can get you for £20 million less than we're bidding at the moment and we can give you a nice big fat signing on fee for joining us in the future, Mm. uh, which is exactly (laughs) what he's done. Basically, I don't think he walked out of the... the, uh, the, the, uh, And I think that the whole story of, oh, he walked out because he wants to join Spurs and blah, 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 is just a bit of a smokescreen. And I think that the, the Chelsea have done one over Everton and they could have got him and they just wanted to wait and hold on, have him sit there for, for six months with Everton, do his rehabilitation, not have to pay his wages while he's out injured and then snap him up for cheaper. 
I think they've done well there. I'd have him over Sissoko. Shit, I said his name. If <laughs> <laughs> um, we dodged the bullet there, Aaron? Yeah, I kind of think so. Uh, no one really knows what his... I mean, hamstring injury is tough. Surgery recovery is tough. Uh, we saw it with Lamella out for 13 months. Like, This is a, a complete unknown quantity, ultimately. He's a good footballer. He has a potential to have a good football brain. There's upside on, on the deal for Chelsea for sure, but they have money to spend. They have money they have money to make risk to take risks. And I you know, I think that's a John, that's a great theory, but if we take it for face value, the truth that that, that we were interested and in, we're no longer interested, I have to believe it's because he hasn't pro- progressed from his injury as as quickly as anybody wanted. And I think it's a lot of money to to take a, a punt on somebody who still hasn't played, who's still not really uh, at full recovery yet. Mm. So I think that's a, a bullet dodge. We don't need to carry any more um, potential. We have a lot of players in potential. We need we need some... Um, if they're going to be a potential, they need to be young, really young, and uh, and their, their ceiling has to be quite high. And I'm not sure how high Barkley's ceiling is, to be honest. Do you, do you notice in the past, and I, I could be wrong here, but there seems to be a pattern. When there's a player that we want, or Pochettino wants... Okay, whether that be Sun or Sissoko, dare I say it, um, or Deli Ali or Toby Alderweireld or Sanchez or Uria, it happens. Generally, yeah. it's not protracted. Okay, the only ones that are, that have been protracted that have come through the, Sanchez to some degree early on. I mean, that was more on his side with him refusing to play. Um, what? Tr- for, for Ajax oh yeah there was obviously the work permit and then I think with Kevin and Kundu there was a work permit issue and but, Foyt also had a had a, a bit of a, a yeah, something yeah but generally they, they happen okay yeah. they happen the two transfers which haven't happened but have been very protracted and very talked about one of them was Ross Ross Barkley and the other one was, was um, Berahino do you remember the Berahino one and how long that yeah. was that, that and and it never happened and look what's happened to him as a player and part of me thinks how serious were we about either of those players whether that's Berahino or for that much even if we were at some point Prochis you know probably looked at it and thought fuck it you know um, we can get we we need a striker um, we'll get somebody else or yeah we need a Barkley type player but we're going to get somebody else and you know, it's not as if clubs go into it with just one target. You know, they will have, they will identify um, if there's a position that needs strengthening, like let's just say a defensive mid- mid- midfield player. Um, supposedly, United were looking at Dyer, but they also had Matic on the bill, um, maybe one other, because they know that 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 they're not all of their targets are necessarily going to come off. So, yeah, it might well have been the case we were possibly interested in, in Barkley, but I think the longer it, that whole saga um, carries on. The less likely we are, it reaches a point where probably Pochettino will say no. That that's it. We don't want it. And he hasn't played any football. He's not fit. Right. So. By the way, the, that list is longer. You can include Bashuai in that list, and you can yep. also include uh, the other Musa Dembele in that yep. list. Yep. And, William. Um, well, yeah. Was William with, with AVB was, or, or was, with? That was an AVB one. But yeah, yeah, you could you could go back. I'm hoping that Session Session Ryan isn't one that's added to that list because he does look like a good player. Um, we'll talk about but him. But look, if, 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 if he's on that list, 
I guess what we're saying is it's a, it's for good reason, right? Yeah. I mean, Dembele is still at Celtic. He he hasn't made the big money move that everybody's talking about, and Batshuayi is languished at 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 Chelsea. He's not doing much of anything. Yeah, absolutely. And what what have they paid for? Batshuayi, was it 30 odd right. million? Yeah. I mean, we played, you could counter that and say, well, we play, we we purchased Janssen and then Lorente, and neither of them have made a great impact, but we paid a lot, lot, a lot less for those players. Um, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Ses, Ryan, Ses, I can't, call him Smedrick, go on. Smedrick. We'll talk about a few other transfers in a minute. Let's just, Grab back to the question. Ed Brad, with the collapse of the Barkley deal, do we need to reassess our transfer policy and wage structure? I don't think there's anything wrong with our wage structure at the moment. It's not going to dramatically change until we get into the new stadium and they're not going to break it. And they'll break it now to keep Kane and perhaps Toby, um, but they, they can't realistically um, change it that much. But I saw a, a list of figures of how much wages pay. We only pay under Arsenal by about 20 grand a week on average per player. We're not that far behind. It, I think it's just because we're, we've got such good players and people are saying, oh, well, more wages will make him move. And that's what uh, will make players move. And that's what the media want. They want to force people out of the club to go to bigger clubs. Um, there's always an agenda to get them out there. But I don't think we can change the wage structure that dramatically until we move um, at all. Haven't we just got a new scout or something so it's it not one just come in um there was somebody i forgot I forgot his name um that we got in last season who was previously at the club um under red map but um was then taken to liverpool by who was our previous director of football daniel Kamoli. yes that's yeah. yeah yeah i think it's steve is it steve hitchin the guy that we've got yeah i think that might be his name um see if you can yeah, I think that you're right. If if it's rumoured that we're going to offer Harry a better deal, and obviously the the, the Toby thing is is ongoing, um, as soon as those deals go through, um, that'll set the ball rolling, and I think others will. Um, Steve Hitchin, yeah, I think others will will, will 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 then look for improved deals, and then once we move into the new stadium, I think that will things will will start to take care of itself there. On on the Transfer policy, I mean, Sanchez, decent player. Son, um, Alderweireld, Deli Ali. that's just four players that have been signed in the Pochettino era since January 2015 that come to mind. Um, there are probably others. Nkudu, yeah, Janssen, they've also been They've also been ones which haven't gone so well, but then I would argue that if you look at any club, if you look at Man United in their heyday, yeah, they signed some really good players, but they also signed some pretty bad players um, or flops. Jemba Jemba. Jemba Jemba, yeah. <laughs> um, um Yeah, so it, it's... Even Harry Redknapp, who's this supposed to be this wheeler-dealer of a manager and, and really good at signing, getting bargains and, and whatnot, he signed some bad poor players so there was famously when he was manager of West Ham he's I think it was Mark Bogers or Mark Bogard I have to google him um he played one game and then he said he was homesick or not mentally in the right state or something like that um so yeah I think yeah for every poor transfer that we've got we've 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 got a Sanchez we've got a Son we've got a Delhi, we've got a Toby 
we've got some we've made a few good good acquisitions i think i think you're right basically that we we will assess our transfer policy we will assess our wage structure in the new stadium i think we can't now and we may not even be able to do it in the first year or so um as we still i mean they were taking a hit on on paying rent at wembley Mm -hmm. but um I do think it's important to, to recognize that until we do, we will be in competition um, <clears throat> to keep players. We will be competing to, to like to bring to bring new players in, um, and we'll be competing against big money sides. And that's that's our lot. Uh, however, we've put together a very attractive proposition. You can play under a young manager who is going to play you. Uh, if if he deems you playable, and you're going to train at a great facility, and you're going to play at a new stadium um, in front of some of the best fans in England, so that's that's what we have to offer, and it's going to mean that we're going to lose out on some players for sure. And um, I think the thing that you know, the thing that uh, we've I feel like we've all come to really love under Potch, certainly what I can say for myself that I've loved under Potch is how cohesive the team has seemed. And when the team doesn't seem cohesive, earlier this year when there was rumblings about uh, Rose and, and Delhi and all of that, it, that that was a bigger worry than 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 money. It, it, the um, the the joy that the players brought to to the pitch in the previous seasons was really exciting and really wonderful to be part of. Um, whether that's down to money or not, that's the most important thing to me. Um, and I, I, you know, I think I sort of lost my thread there. But I, whatever. The, the the point is, I think that's that's sort of the situation, right? We're gonna we'll have to reassess it, and we're not going to reassess it anytime in the near future. I, I think there's a balance, and we have to have that balance of play. When we bring a player in, are they going to fit within the cur- the current squad, yeah. or are they, you know, the the Early, very early on when Poch came in there was the standoff you know much publicised standoff Adebayor and uh, other players uh, you know well blah 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 and so much money and the, you know it was very clear that the players that backed the manager Kane et al stayed and those ones that disrupted everything were shipped out then any player that comes in and disrupts things is shipped out so players that come in and need to fit that balance and, and be in that ethic so it, it can be difficult to find those players well, it's interesting because we can't even find them within our own academy, right? I mean, Wendy um, from the Fighting Cock has written about this kind of the the myth of 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 Pochettino um, in terms of like the youth, right? That he plays all these young players, and it's true that he's played some incredibly young sides, but majority of those players, those young the youth players, have come from outside, um, not even from within our academy. It, it, does does that give you a free ride into the team if you don't if you don't back the manager if you don't Commit 100% to his methods. You 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 don't you don't make it. Um, and we see that like with Juan Foyth gets a start in the side, and it's and um, we you know does Marcus Edwards even still play on our team? Um, he was injured. He I think he's, he's got a, he? A, a, yeah. He had an injury, else he would have played today, I believe. But uh, you know the the point is that he's brought, he's promoted quote unquote promoted a lot of young players that have come from outside of the club yeah. and he, he's not bringing them up through the academy and whether that's a problem with the academy or a problem with Pochettino or just simply that uh, across the board he his standards are so incredibly high uh, it's hard to say I, yeah no I, I listened to Wendy the other day on Fighting Cock and he made an interesting point and 
that had occurred to me. Um, the thing is, generally at football clubs, it's very you've got if you've if you've got a good youth system and you've got good young players coming through that team, it's very difficult for there are exceptions, so it's very difficult for a whole load of them to break through at once. You know, the, the most notable exception in recent years was at United when they had the Nevilles, um, Beckham, Skulls, Butts, and, and Giggs just slightly before that. But generally, one or two tend to break in because if if it, it's difficult to break that feeling, and if you've got really good players ahead of you, then you've got to have something special to, to get in. Harry Kane. Um, exceptional player and I'm sure that he always would have gone on gone on and made it but imagine if imagine if Adebayor or Soldado were firing on all cylinders would would Kane have broken into the team um, his path certainly would have been more difficult Winks has obviously found a way at the moment um, Carroll struggles um, it's I think certainly. I think with Pochettino, I think we've got the, we certainly have got the young players coming through, and I think we've got a, a manager that's proven both here and at Southampton that he likes to give young players a chance. So that's good. Um, you know, contrast that to say Chelsea or other clubs where they'll just Chelsea, a prime example, where they, they loan out lots of their youngsters, um, and those players don't make it into the first team. So I think we've we've got the right manager, but I think also it, some of it is down to the player to the individual and having that right 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 attitude um so we shall yeah. see um kent goodrich to stay on topic anybody that asked about not getting barkley i think we've sort of discussed that just just very briefly um we've got three questions that we're going to finish off with but just on on transfers in general obviously the barkley deals fallen through is there anybody that you think that we should sign in this window um, who do we need? We need probably a pacey winger. Um, the, the Zaha is the one that's always bandied around as being the one we can we should get. There was a guy who played for Forest today. Um, names begins with a B. Can't remember who it was. Um, but maybe we should get somebody like that. A young um, uh, Brereton um, scored a couple of goals. You know, uh, look at the under 17s and under 21 world cup you know world cup winning squads and get some maybe look at some of those players if we can um young again the younger players to fill out our academy and bring those through I'd, it it will be very difficult to get in players look at the the money that's been spent already on you know just by all it's it's going to be hard young young Ryan at Fulham and then loan him back yeah that's <clears throat> that's that would be my number one target it looks like rose may not be going after all in this window but um we have to assume that either he's going to go in the summer or he's really at the end of his uh his uh starting the end of his career either way we need real backup and real competition for that spot um davis is yeah deputized fine um at times he's been great at other times he's been fine but we we need for our system to really be working we need um the likes of Aurea and um, Rose or Sessegnon. Um, and I, don't, how, I meant to ask, Kyle Walker-Peters, did he look all right today? I mean, he was yeah. playing on the left side and not on the right, but he, he had a he, good game? He looked solid. He didn't, he, he didn't ever look like um, he used his pace in a, uh, going forward in a sort of threatening sense in the way that we know that Rose can. Uh, he looked solid. He, look, he, looks, he, look, he looks okay. 
It'd be interesting to see him on the right side. He's right-footed, yeah. after all, right? And, and it would be, it'd be interesting to see him playing opposite Rose. When we have pace on the wings, whether it's from the fullbacks or from the, from the, from the wingers, we'd look a different team. Yeah. Okay. Um, final three, three questions. Um, Nikki Merritt's chairman of the Johannesburg Spurs supporters club asks everyone talks about being more clinical in front of goal what can we do or change to achieve this or do you think we've just been unlucky with our shots the West Ham game we were definitely unlucky if you there, there's a can you recall the picture of Messi uh, not Messi uh, Maradona taking the World Cup where there's five Dutch players trying to close him down there's somebody highlighted that there's a picture of Harry Kane from uh, against West Ham it's exactly the same he's got five or six players around him trying to freeze him out I don't think we're unlucky with our shots look we uh, look at Harry Kane he's got the golden boot to, uh, two years in a row and uh, he's the leading scorer again this year already so I don't think we're unlucky with our shots at all I, I just think other teams sit back and make it more difficult for us to score mm. yep I, I couldn't agree more um, hey! hey there it is um, just looking at the numbers uh, <clears throat> we have the third most shots per game in the league, but um, you know we, we we score a lot. We score a lot, um, and could we be more clinical, perhaps? But I think I think some of it is down to luck, and some of it is exactly that. We're 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 facing opposition that it just sits all the way back. We're pinging balls off of people's backs and off of you know two banks of of, of legs. It's incredibly difficult. Um, there have been occasions that stick out in my mind as, oh, we, that is absolutely a goal that should have been scored. Um, and, you know, I, every team has those, though. Okay. Um, another question from Kent Goodrich. Um, is there a more heart-sinking transfer phrase than we have other targets? Um, yeah, we're, we're letting him go on a free transfer. Yeah. Well, we sold Gareth Bale. Uh, I think the mo- most disheartening phrase is special relationship. <laughs> yeah, the, the one that we don't have with with Real Madrid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the bullshit story that came out that I saw, this, um, Spurs tell, tell Real Madrid they've got to pay £300 million. Spurs wouldn't have told them anything like that at all. That's utter tosh. Oh, as yeah. As soon as you say, we've told Real Madrid £300 million pounds real madrid are going to their bank and saying give us 300 million pounds to buy him you don't say that to another team you just say he's not for sale it's uh, uh you know um the manager's got the vote of confidence from the board is another dis you know horrible phrase that you never want to hear i suppose perhaps for <laughs> you john um we've signed Musa sissoko would be a heart-sinking <laughs> phrase no, no no we've extended it we've taken the extra one-year option on his, <laughs> on his contract uh, Franco Baldini is our new director of football. Is that pretty disheartening? Oh, well, yeah. No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He did all right. He did. He did. Um, Lamella, Erickson. Are they the only yeah, survivors from that? It was, all right. that, it was all right. from that. Um... He did okay. Um, okay. Final question. Sam Diggins. You see Tottenham win eleven nil. Would you rather witness a single player score all eleven goals or the starting eleven to score one each? I love that question. That's a great question. It's a great question. Yeah, I, I'm 100. percent I want all 11 players score. I love like the sheer, sheer joy of seeing a different person at the center of the huddle every single 
celebration. That's I don't I can't imagine anything better than that. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see Lloris going up and and scoring a, a, a you know a overhead kick or something to to get on the score sheet. <laughs> but then I'd but could you imagine if Harry Kane got eleven goals in a, a it's a record that never would be beat. Uh, it, it'd be something else. If, you know he, that name would be in the record books forever more. So that but yeah. To to see all eleven on the sheet as well would be yeah overhead yeah. kick Loris to seal it would be awesome. Mm. Sadly, that's not going to happen. Um, but I think what's more likely is a team of Harry Kane scoring eleven goals. That would be nice. <laughs> I, I, I would take that. I would take. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, no, it, it would it would be it would be poetic if every every single player. Um, in the team got got a goal. Um, I, I would prefer that over one single player getting eleven goals. But if it had to be one single player, what better player than Harry Kane um, to do that? Because um, he's just he's one of our own. And and um, I think, in fact, I don't know if there's anybody in English football that's ever done that. I think the record is seven goals, which is Ted Ted Drake. Um, for Aston Villa, possibly. I'm trying to remember, like a like maybe 2011 Europa League game. We we, we qualified uh, because of uh, whatever that rule is. The you know the least amount of mm-hmm. cards or whatever, right? And we, we it was a play a playoff game against a Scottish club, maybe. I'm trying to remember, but it, I just remember the scoreline was ridiculous, and everybody was scoring, and I, the the joy that I felt watching. Different players just getting scoring and celebrating, and I I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs. Everybody scores! Everybody scores! It was it's it was so sure it would be a freak of nature to see you know somebody break that kind of record. One play, one player having that kind of accomplishment. But to me, the beauty of the game is the team and the team performing. In, in ways that are inconceivable, and I just love I love the idea of of even five or six play, five or six different players scoring, you know. Uh, the the most goals in the in the Prem game is five joint from Andy Cole, Shearer, and Jermaine Defoe. Cole got five against Ipswich, I believe. Y- yeah, and a nine, yeah. nine nil win. Wigan Athletic. Wigan. Wigan. Yeah, no, okay. win a nine one. But the most goals ever scored in a football match. Ted Drake. No, no. Um, uh, it's an international game. Australia versus um, Western Samoa, American Samoa. The scoreline <laughs> ended up thirty-one nil, uh, and the, uh, the guy scored thirteen goals. A guy called Archie Thompson. Okay. Well, there, there you go. go. I think in, go. I, I'd be interested to know in English um, top-flight football. Um, so before the days of the Premier, Premier League which single player got, got the most goals now um, I mentioned Ted Drake earlier and, and Google is your friend and Ted Drake scored seven goals for Woolwich against Aston Villa in 1935 I don't know if anybody has has, has, has surpassed that but it would be nice if Harry Kane um, did that and let's face it if, if there's any single one single player that is so single minded and determined and could actually score a ridiculous amount of goals um that would be our, our our harry uh right um 
the next podcast we should be recording a week today um, next Sunday day after the Everton match um, my guests will be David Fornell and Ian Morton um, all that's left to say is thank you John thank you very much Jav cheers Aaron thank you Aaron thank you very much thanks it was a pleasure guys as always and until then the future's bright the future's lily white good night Come on Tottenham, stake it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her